This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. We are now going to get into this conversation about the National Health Insurance Bill. And I mean, this is something that continues to linger within South Africa. But ProfMed CEO Craig Comrie has expressed his disappointment with the government's allocation of only 3.4% increase in the health care budget. He joins us via Teams this afternoon. Craig, good afternoon. Thanks for your time. Good afternoon. Nice to be with you. So why are you disappointed about this allocation of 3.4%? Of course, we do know that it's, I suppose, not um, enough anyway for the healthcare sector. There's no doubt that that's going to put a huge amount of pressure on the public sector health healthcare sector. And uh, when we look at the proposed NHI bill, we only have 1.4 billion rand. It sounds like a big amount, but it's a small amount in terms of the objective and promises made around Uh, what national health insurance is set to do. So from a preliminary evaluation of of the budget speech, we actually see the health budget decrease in real terms when you consider population growth or even health inflation. Um, So the minister has done probably the best job he can in terms of a, a smaller revenue that he has to work with. But the commitments and promises made within the Minister of Health sector um, certainly cannot come about with such a small uh, increase in the budget. Mm. I mean, the issue, of course, of the National Health Insurance Bill, how will it actually affect the private healthcare sector? Well, it's an interesting one because um, we are told that implementation will take um, certainly a few decades to, to get right. And so the promises to every South African that you can access better quality healthcare, and, and many interpret that, interpret that to mean you can access a private hospital without any co-payments. Um, the promises are are huge, and those are made dominantly in an NHI bill that's being put together by the the health department. What what hasn't backed that up is is the budget. So when you speak to the minister of finance, there is obviously no money for for national health insurance. And so you have really big promises made on the one side, but not backed up in any specific way in the budget. But NHI, the way that it's drafted in the areas of conflict with um, the private sector in in terms of medical schemes, uh, probably facilities, hospital groups, and others in the private healthcare sector is the fact that uh, we're almost reversing what we want to do to ESCOM. We want to centralize all the funds that are in health into one space under the Minister of Health and let him control how that gets divided up. And so the NHI bill, in fact, relegates medical schemes or removes the big funders of of private health care to play a very small role and the funds to actually move into a space controlled by the Minister of Health. And so that's where the, the big concerns lie. It has led to further issues where there's no real value proposition being suggested to secure um, the doctors, both in the public and the private healthcare sector when it comes to NHI. Um, and there's no practical solutions or or proposals in that space to say that this is how we're going to retain a very highly skilled group who, from a global perspective, are being poached um, uh, quite, quite often here in South Africa. We've seen um, 
30 or 35 percent of doctors actually saying things like we'll be prepared to move if NHI is implemented in South Africa. And that means they move and they immigrate to other developing countries. I mean, I've heard that myself as well, you know, with various conversations that we've had with some doctors um, where they're saying that they will leave um, the country if the NHI is implemented, perhaps also implemented in the way that it is currently uh, being put um, across for South Africans. A huge concern then, Craig, for the medical sector because some of these doctors would actually be people that are quite qualified um, and are specialists in their field. And it's the highly qualified and specialist doctors that are poached first. So it's not as if this hasn't been happening um, the last few years. Even in the absence of NHI, um, the reason for a doctor to stay in South Africa is diminishing. You'd understand that after COVID worldwide and both uh, um, the UK, Canada and the US uh, have indicated that their their, uh, populations require additional um, doctors in the UK, they're, they're looking for 65,000 new doctors over the next three or five years. Um, in fact, they don't produce anywhere close to that. So they've been very clear they're going to come and find doctors elsewhere in the world and recruit them onto their shores. So in the absence of NHI, there's already a big push um, for doctors and a, and a pull to other countries for those highly skilled doctors. And so add NHI into the mix and then you'd understand why many are saying, well, look, I'm not prepared to work for an unproven NHI or a government-run NHI, considering all the other problems that we've seen over the last few years in government. So um, maybe they should explore the opportunities elsewhere. You know, uh, the issue, of course, of the NHI, um, there's also different roles that people or you know sectors would be expected to play. Government, of course, would be expected to play a significant role in that. But how then is the private sector expected to be filling some of the gaps of the NHI if it is at all possible with what we are hearing? At the core of the purpose of NHI is to create better access to quality health care mm. um, and to create better equity across the health, health the healthcare industry. And so at the core, the the purpose of NHI is correct, but how you do it um, is is wrong. And so we have suggested, and many in the private sector have, for the last 10 years of the NHI debate, suggested alternatives of how you can improve what we call universal healthcare access. And that effectively is to improve the services even in the public sector and attract the private healthcare member or the medical scheme member into that public sector facility. And you do that by by having world-class public sector facilities, which we we have had in the past. And there are still many in the public sector, um, mostly that sit in the Western Cape, that medical scheme members would access um, and do access on uh, currently. And as they access that, uh, the medical schemes fund and pay fees to those public sector facilities as well. So the more you improve the public sector delivery, the more you can expect private funding to head into the public sector. But with the problems with leadership management, corruption and and many other issues, um, less and less of those critical, highly skilled and and centres of excellence in the public sector seem to be disappearing.
And this really is such a concern, right, Craig? But, you know, the minister also spoke about developing reference prizes and providing payment methods for hospitals as a key enabler of the NHI. Did you understand what he meant by that? Yeah, we aren't... Uh, we aren't ignorant to reference prices that already exist in the private sector. So when you access your medicine at the pharmacy, there's already a single exit price, which is a regulated price. So, and that's been there for more than 10 years now. So so a reference price isn't, isn't something new in a private sector space. But I think the signal there and the concerning signal there would be that instead of actually uh, attracting private sector practitioners, doctors and specialists, you're going to legislate what you will pay them in terms of a reference price. Mm. And that would be very problematic. And and again, it creates insecurities over the same uh, skilled doctor in terms of what would that reference price be? Would it be sufficient? Would it be so much less than what he's currently earning? And hence, maybe let's look at alternative um, opportunities globally. So the reference price in issue is, is, is not an issue that assures doctors about their future income, it actually jeopardizes it. So in your opinion then, Craig, would you say that the that, that government is not ready to implement the NHI, that the country is not ready for the phased in, not even, or is, is not ready even for a phased in implementation of the national health insurance? Well, it's evident even from um, the budget speech that uh, there isn't a readiness and there isn't an affordability of NHI. We have to have an economy that grows before you can extract more tax revenues to allocate to NHI. And that's the right that's the right uh, format or, or formula of the decision. We need a growing economy, more tax revenues, and slowly you can build um, a universal health care model, which isn't the current NHI, which we have in front of us at the moment. The current um, budget is is over three or four years, the medium-term budget for NHI, as contained in the budget speech is 6.9 billion. NHI at the lowest value is gonna cost an additional 200 billion rand a year in in, in taxes um, and in, in expenditure. So that gives you an idea of how far away we are from a realistic point of view in actually moving to an NHI space. Interesting indeed. Craig, I must say thank you so much for your time um, this afternoon and really for giving us this eye-opener, consistent eye-opener, I suppose, when it comes to the NHI. Thank you so much. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.